You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hello, everyone, and happy new year. Whether you're a new or returning listener, I'd love to welcome you to the Queen of Calm podcast. Now, because of the new year and because of the new season of the show, I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to reintroduce myself and the show to any new listeners. So if you haven't met me yet, my name is Paisley Haddad, and I am the host of the Queen of Calm podcast. When I'm not behind the mic, I work as an account coordinator at a PR agency where I'm currently working remotely. Uh, I'm loving the chance to get to work with clients in a variety of industries, and I'm learning so much from my peers and coworkers, so I'm really enjoying my first step into the industry. I graduated this past May from Marist College with a degree in communications with concentrations in PR and journalism. And while I was on campus, I was involved in a number of organizations, such as our student-run IMC firm, and IMC standing for Integrated Marketing Communications, if you're not familiar. And that was such a great introduction to agency life and working with clients and really balancing, you know, finishing client work and also that client relationship of building and maintaining those uh, clients, especially when I got to be firm director with uh, my fellow firm director my senior year. So that was such a great introduction to that agency life aspect. More on the journalism side, I was involved in our student-run newspaper, The Marist Circle, um, and I worked a lot as a staff writer, writing stories primarily for the feature section, but also the news section. And when I was a senior, I got to work as the marketing director there. So that was great to combine my two loves of PR and journalism and really work on branding the newspaper rather than just the stories that were being reported out of it. I was also involved in our communications honor society, Lambda Pi Eta. And when I was a junior, I had the opportunity to intern with Fox Entertainment with their publicity team. And that was an awesome introduction to that in-house side of PR and working for a big network and how, you know, those dynamics work, working with celebrities and their own agencies and how that balances out with the publicity team and, you know, how to work on the entertainment side of PR. So that was such a uh, great opportunity for me to really get my feet in the door in that aspect. Um, And I also worked at my college's marketing and communications office as a media relations assistant. And that was wonderful to see the uh, collegiate side of things, you know, what the school's working on, how to promote what the students are doing and the professors and how to connect with the community and those reporters that are reporting on that college beat in your area. So that was such a an amazing opportunity that was afforded by the media relations director at my school. And just as sort of like a quick story that can be a learning lesson for listeners. Um, when I was a sophomore, I was awarded work-study privileges. So I really wanted to use that time to, um, you know, work at on a work-study job where I'd be furthering my major and getting experience in communications. So I reached out blindly to my um, communications director that worked in the president's office, and I sent her a resume and cover letter and said, I'd really love to work in your office as a work-study. And she said, unfortunately, at this time, there's no positions available, but I'll keep you in mind. And wouldn't you know, before the semester started, I heard from our media relations director that she loved to have me as a work-study and really um, start that position at the school. So Do not be afraid to reach out to anybody and ask for their mentorship or even, you know, for an opportunity or help gaining an opportunity. You never know, you know, what could happen and they'll definitely always remember you. So speaking more on why I started the Queen of Calm podcast, well, first and foremost, I've always been inquisitive about communications. You know, I always love to know what goes on behind a campaign, you know, what the PR teams of these brands that I see or these celebrities are working on behind the scenes. And it's also you know, such a fascination to me to really know what my peers are doing and what are they working on and how the industry is evolving. So I've always had those questions that I've wanted to ask to these industry professionals, but also more on the personal side, 
Um, I started the podcast when I was still a senior in college, and I was just heading back for my second semester, and I had just been rejected from an internship that I had gone through rounds and rounds of interviews for. I've done so much research on the company. You know, I really was looking into the shows or brands that I'd be working on on that uh, capacity, and I really wanted that internship. And ultimately, it came down to me and another candidate, and unfortunately, I was not the one picked. So, you know, I was feeling frustrated, and I really wanted to use that last semester to really hone in my skills of, you know, networking with those within the office that I would be working with with this internship and really ask them, you know, what should I be doing as a college senior about to graduate? And, you know, what's it like going for that first entry-level job? And I had all these questions, and I felt like, well, without this internship, you know, how can I work on that? But then I realized, you know, you really don't need an internship to really find out the, that information. And, and I was talking to a lot of my peers and they had the same questions as me. And I thought if I had these questions and my peers have these questions who are in my classes and, and in my same major, you know, I should really use this as an opportunity to make a podcast and share all of this great knowledge and tips and advice that I'm getting with an audience and listeners. So that's how the Queen of Calm podcast was born. And, you know, I had always wanted to get into a creative project. You know, when I was in high school, I did a blog about Broadway called the Broadway Brunette, and I did a lot of interview styles, interview style interviews with um, a lot of different people in the Broadway industry or even just theater in general. So I've always had that creative bug to have a project going at all times. So the Queen of Calm podcast just was the right move at the time, and I've loved my time so far. We recently celebrated one year of the podcast on January 13th. So I want to thank everyone who came out to that Instagram live and supported you know, the podcast over the past year. I couldn't have done it all without your support. And it was really amazing to connect with two of my past guests, Erica and Nicole, um, especially Erica, because, you know, when we chatted in the first episode of the podcast about internships, we were at such a different point in our lives. We had still been in, in internships ourselves. We hadn't graduated yet. And now, you know, at post-graduation, having started our first jobs, I think it was really great to reconnect with her and really show how things can change so quickly when you're in this age group of, you know, going from a college student to a recent graduate. And it's, it was also great to connect with Nicole as well, because a big part of this podcast is, you know, realizing that it is great to, you know, be looking and researching into the industry that you're going into and really absorbing all those different media channels that can give you that advice, like this podcast or a website or somebody on LinkedIn. But it's also great to also take time to talk about things you enjoy, you know, really take care of yourself and have that self-care and relaxation, which is something that I always have to remind myself of. So that was great to chat with Nicole as well. But for today's episode, I also wanted to share with you some of my New Year's goals because I think it's so important at the beginning of the year to set those goals. It's something that I really took seriously this past year, and it was really um, something that kind of kept me going to have something to work towards. And especially with it being such a tumultuous year with the pandemic and graduating college and trying to figure that out, out and trying to get my first job, it was definitely something that kept me you know, working towards something. So some of my New Year's goals for this year are to continually keep keep my LinkedIn and resume fresh because I know there's this misconception that, you know, once you get a job, you stop doing any of those tactics to really build up your network or build up your, you know, portfolio. But you should always be working on building that resume and that LinkedIn. And I do want to start using LinkedIn. I feel like I'm, I'm on there all the time doing things, but I do want to keep adding more content on LinkedIn and creating content on there that relates to the podcast and, you know, relates to our industry as well. And I also want to pursue my dream episode, which I actually have two dream episodes. 
One of them is to interview my favorite girl boss, as we say on the show. And for new listeners, that's a question that I ask to all my guests at the end of each episode. Who is your favorite girl boss? And that is in inspiration to Sophia Amoruso, which if you're not familiar with her, look her up. She started that term of girl boss. And I love to ask my guests at the end of the show. So I'd love the chance to interview Sophia on the show. So Sophia, if you're listening, please, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the show, but also to have a celebrity on the show and really hear about that dynamic of, you know, working with a publicist or working with a network on publicity on a show, because I think that just just such a fascinating subject, because we all consume so much of those articles and interviews on YouTube that we, you know, wait to see come out when these new shows are on the horizon. But as we know, as PR professionals, there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. And I'd love to know the perspective of those celebrities who are going through these press junkets and, you know, what they're thinking in that moment and, you know, how they balance their career with those press opportunities that they have. And another one that's kind of on the same vein as that is to get on the Emily in Paris PR list. And now (laughs) this might sound a little bit silly, but I am such a huge fan of Emily in Paris. As you can see on our Instagram and from my season two recap, I really love the show and the visibility it gives to the communications industry and, you know, that line of work that we're in. And I just, you know, enjoy the show so much and I'm such a big fan of it. And I did notice that this season when they sent out those PR packages and that when they were you know, reaching out to those influencers, you didn't really see that connection to the show like you would with other brands that are more realistic. Um, you know, for example, for example, like Duncan, when they send a PR package to one of these influencers on TikTok, you know that those influencers or just fans in general that they send these packages to truly enjoy their product, they're fans of the brand. But when I saw all this coverage on TikTok and Instagram of these people getting these Emily in Paris PR packages, I really didn't feel that connection to the show. It felt more of like an obligation or a paid opportunity. But that's just the that's just the impression that I got. But I would love to be a part of the Emily in Paris content creation train for season three and four that is coming out, which if you haven't heard, that's really exciting. Um, So Emily in Paris, if anyone from your team at Netflix is listening to this as well, I'd love to be on that list. And I'd love to create content for Emily in Paris because, as you can see, I've, I'm already doing it for no reason, which I'd, I'd love to do it for you and, you know, create something for the show. So more of my New Year's goals include continually learning more about the industry and especially through my podcast. You know, as we know, just from the first time that I had an episode, the industry has changed so much. I feel like we still had that um, anticipation of going back to the office and that COVID's going to get better. And the vaccines were on the horizon and things are going to change on that aspect. And even back then, you know, TikTok was still, still so, you know, new out there to us. And I feel like over the past year, we've learned so much about these different social media channels that brands need to be aware of. We have changed our way of working. I mean, I work fully remote. There are just so many different things that we need to be considering now after 2021 and even going into 2022 throughout this year. So I definitely want to keep myself learning and, you know, talking to new people. And definitely when you hear from the rest of my guests in 2022, you will learn a lot. Um, I have a lot of a great variety of guests coming up. So be sure to stay tuned for any new episodes. And also, like I mentioned before, when I was talking about talking with Nicole and talking about things you enjoy, I definitely want to make more time to relax and recharge this year because sometimes it is easy to, you know, continue, continually be staying on past your work time and working on different projects because you are home and you feel like, you know, I can just stay on a few more minutes and it turns into an hour or even, you know, working on the podcast late, 
you know, sometimes that can get pretty daunting and, you know, not taking that time to relax obviously builds up. And, you know, when we talked to Shauna Knuckles last season about, you know, that work-life balance in PR and how it definitely can have drastic, you know, side effects later on in your career. Um, I definitely want to take more time to have that self-care aspect and take care of myself. And finally, my last New Year's goal, and which you probably heard the the ad at the beginning of this episode, that doesn't count as what I'm talking about. I want to get a sponsor for the podcast. You know, something really, really cool that fits in with my brand, something that has to do with queens or crowns or something that has to do with the PR industry or the communications industry, like muckrack or something like that, or even just like a brand that handles something to do with, you know, young professionals or this age group. So if any brands are out there listening to this, I know I've said this a lot in this episode, but if you're out there listening and you love to sponsor the Queen of Com podcast, shoot me an email, queenofcompodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. Um, I just think I've heard from so many other podcasters, like you'll hear in today's episode, this is a great segue, um, that it's so important to partner with people that can help you, you know, fund the projects you're working on. But speaking of today's episode, you're really going to enjoy my interview with my guest. She works on a really cool project between PBS and the podcast that she works on, which is a great show to check out after you're done listening to this episode. Um, And also, she's going to share all her tips from her work as a student journalist, which is something that's very near and dear to my heart because (laughs) I was a student journalist in college. And I know that it's such an important part of the process for a journalism major to be, you know, involved in student journalism. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. And stay tuned for the rest of the season of the Queen of Calm podcast, where I'll be talking to more and more women in the communications industry making a difference. My next guest is a senior at Boston University, where she worked as a producer on the Sweaty Penguin podcast, a photographer for BU student newspaper, The Daily Free Press, and is a member of the satirical organization, The Bunyan. Please welcome Shannon Damiano to the podcast. Welcome, Shannon. So glad to have you on the show today. Hey, how are you? I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. I'm great. Thank you. Um, so why don't we start out with what your college experience has been like so far? And how did you first get interested in um, pursuing journalism? Yeah, Um. so I, like Sarah Lynch, one of the previous guests on the podcast, I went to communications high school, um, which is a vocational school in New Jersey. Um, so they offered classes like Um, digital video, journalism, design stuff, um, stuff like that. Um, So that's how I got my foot in the door. Um, I like to say that I've been to college twice because I kind of did that for four years and now I'm doing it for four years again. Um, (laughs) But when I got to college, I jumped around majors a lot. I just wasn't sure if I wanted to really dive right in to communications again. Um, So I was like, IR, classics, history, like a bunch of stuff. Nothing was really clicking. So I just went back to what I did best. And I'm really happy that I did. That's awesome. And yeah, it's such a small world. I feel like I've talked with Sarah so many times about your high school, because I feel like that's such a cool concept that you guys got to start out in the communications world so early. Yeah, I'm really lucky to have done that. And oh my gosh, I'm sure that me and Sarah could talk for so many hours about how weird (laughs) the whole thing was. Um, But, you know, in hindsight, um, it was really like a blessing to go there and such a great opportunity. Definitely. So, you know, you're involved in so many great organizations on campus, especially the student-run newspaper that you have. So can you talk a bit about those organizations and what you work on on campus? Mm -hmm. So on campus, I work for the Daily Free Press. Um, So when I first started out, I did um, like city campus stories. 
which was really fun. Um, and then I started doing more photo stuff, um, which was great. And uh, last semester I was um, an associate photo editor. So I got to kind of manage some photographers, which was really great. And I had the opportunity to um, go to Michelle Wu's election night party, which was really great. Um, probably wouldn't have been as fun to cover it if she didn't win, but you know, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and then the other big thing that I'm involved in is the Bunyan, which is <laughs> such a funny title already. I, can I can't even bring it up in like a serious conversation, <laughs> um, but it's a satirical paper. Um, so if there's something going on on campus, we'll write a little bit about that. Um, so with the semester with all the, and the past semester with all the crazy COVID rules, we've definitely had a lot of, you know, content <laughs> to work with. Um, and the last semester I was the editor in chief, which was a really special opportunity. Um, and I love all those, all those guys in that club. We have so much fun. So that was great. Yeah, that, that's such a funny name. I love that play on words with the like, kind of the onion topic. And I feel like every time I see those onion stories out there, they're so fun. So that's such a great concept that you guys brought to BU. Yeah, it's like, um, like not really journalism, but you know, close. It's journalism adjacent, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. So speaking more on your roles in student journal journalism at BU, you know, we both can attest to, I was a part of my student-run newspaper, the Marist Circle at Marist College, and it's such an important part of the process for student journalists to be involved in your newspaper and, you know, building your confidence, going after those story ideas and reaching out to sources. So, you know, what is your advice for college students right now who are wanting to get into these student-run newspapers or even into student journalism? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think being proactive and always looking for opportunities um, talking to kids in your class is great um, because everyone is doing something cool. So you might stumble upon something cool that way. Um, but yeah, just being proactive, I think, is the biggest thing. I started a little late being involved. I started my sophomore year and I wish I got in sooner, like not even for resume boosting or for career boosting, but just because I'm at like the happiest point in my life, just because I'm so involved and I get to have these create experiences and and opportunities it's nice being busy I think yeah I, I totally agree on that I love being busy during college I mean and it's such a great time to try out all these different passion projects and things to be involved in on campus and really build that resume and speaking more on that reporting aspect as well you know I took a few classes where we had to you know go into the community and speak to people and I feel like that builds confidence as well in your future career, being able to have that rapport with the public and speak to people. And I love how you mentioned that you're involved in photojournalism. That's so interesting and another perspective of journalism that I think a lot of people don't think of initially to get into photojournalism. So that's such a cool angle that you take as well to have that experience. Yeah, there's something about photojournalism that I think you can't really get from just the written part, just being able to really see it and being able to capture with your camera what your eye sees I think that's really great and something that you know I'm not the best at it but I think I've gotten a lot better um, doing that yeah and some of the most memorable news stories are known for those photos rather than the well the words too but a lot of the photos are very iconic yeah I don't know if I remember a graph from a story but I will definitely remember the photo that they used yeah Definitely. So speaking more on that student journalism aspect, 
you know, do you think there are any things that student journalists should have in their toolkit or should be doing to kind of prepare for that journalism world after graduation? Definitely writing for the paper. Um, no one really, <laughs> I'm finding out now that no one really cares what you wrote for a class if it's not published. It could be the greatest piece in the world, but no one's going <laughs> to care if you didn't publish it. Um, so definitely being proactive again. Like, I just can't stress that enough. And just sending it out to like every publication trying to get published because there's there are so many publications now with online journalism. So one place is going to publish you. Um, and like I said before, talking with your classmates, too, because they do some really cool stuff. And you're also going to have classes with the same people once you become a junior or a senior. So it's really nice to, you know, get to know some of those familiar faces, especially if you need to do, to do group project or something which is definitely a popular thing in the communications field. Yes, and there's so many avenues to get involved in the paper, whether it's, you know, writing or doing that photojournalism aspect, but even, you know, there's so many opportunities, like my newspaper, we had a physical distribution. So, you know, we would ask freshmen, you know, would you like to join the distribution team and learn about the newspaper and help deliver it all around campus? And there's just so many ways to build that rapport in a newsroom setting. We didn't have a physical newsroom in our newspaper, more of just like a, you know, whatever classroom we could get. Um, but it's always mm -hmm. so important to build that community, just like you were saying, talking with your classmates. And even going into an internship and having that student newspaper experience, I think that a lot of these internships now are looking for, like you said, that published online work to kind of balance their resume and get them that position. Because as we know, journalism internships can be so um, competitive now with everything going on and a lot of people buying for these internships around the country. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, with the newsroom, we were, I was lucky enough to be able to go into the office this year um, because awesome. I have an associate editor posi position um, and we kind of softened the COVID rules a little bit this semester, which was also great. Um, and I had never been in like a newsroom before and it was so great. Like on election night, we got like pizza and stuff. I was like, <laughs> this is real journalism. This is what it feels like. <laughs> it was like such a good memory from college. Yeah, that, that's that's great that you guys get to go in and actually experience that. I mean, my, I'm a big fan of Gilmore Girls, so seeing you know, <laughs> Gilmore's experience in the Yale Daily News room was one of my favorite parts of the show, so that must have been so interesting. Yeah, it's just like, it's like the dreams come to life, we're eating pizza, and it's like one o'clock in the morning, we're sweating. <laughs> so, great. so why don't we talk about um, the sweaty penguin. So this is a podcast about climate change, but more in like a, a comedic way. Um, so can you talk about how that started and what you do with the podcast? Yeah. So my friend Ethan Brown reached out to me during quarantine, like last week of March, I want to say, or yeah, 2020 March. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to graph to do graphics for the team because I used to be a photo editor for the Bunyan, that organization that I mentioned before. Um, and that's how the you know, smallest team. That's how we know each other through the bunny. That's how I know Ethan. Um, and I wasn't really doing anything, obviously. <laughs> um, so I said, yeah. Um, and it's just blossomed into something like so unbelievable. And I'm really happy that I said yes. Like as soon as he said that it was inspired by like the John Oliver kind of style of comedy and the Hassan, Hassan Minaj style of comedy, I was like, yes, this is perfect. Um, like, <laughs> like definitely st straight news as a part of it. Um, but then also with comedy as a way to reach people and not make it so overwhelming and political. Yes. And I feel like now, you know, with everything going on with these COVID rules and the news and all these 
big things happening in the world, I feel like that approach is so important to have kind of like an entertaining or a comedic aspect to things. So I really admire how you, you know, take that voice with your social media and your episodes. So speaking of that, now with me putting on my communications PR hat, you know, how do you balance using that voice with your social media and having that comedy with such a political topic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think we, hmm. I think humor can cut through the overwhelmingness and sadness of a lot of things, especially climate change and kind of lighten it up. Um, just because it's so exhausting to be gloom and doom all the time and that ultimately doesn't really incite change and people don't wanna read a sad article necessarily. Um, so that also brings up some really interesting angles and we kind of can identify problems in a way that there are solutions. So I think we try to definitely walk that line of being, you know, a little silly, but also there's a real problem. Like it's not all a joke. And I think in the episodes, we're just really trying to walk that line all the time. Yeah. And you do such a great job on your social media as well. I love all your posts that you do. So, you know, how do you conceptualize those posts and, you know, how do you, you know, make sure that you're matching those to the episode? What's that process like for you? Yeah. So we have a call every month where we kind of plan our social media so for our Monday post, we try and do something like pretty funny to like introduce the episode. So we've been doing like some Venn diagrams. I like those are one of the ones that we do a lot for Monday for Monday posts. Um, and those are typically pretty funny. Um, um, and then on Tuesdays, we have like an actual fun fact with like a silly penguin character. If you've seen our Instagram <laughs> and we do um, like a Patreon comedy article. And then we do the like expert this week and then the episode announcement. Then we do an infographic and a quote. So, you know, half of those are, you know, kind of funny. And then half of those are, you know, just, you know, stuff that you want to know. Like the quote is always serious and, you know, a great quote from one of our experts. But then like the stuff that we make, like the Monday quote is, or Monday post is usually a little bit funny and a little bit more lighthearted. So I think if we did silly Monday posts all the time, you know, it probably wouldn't be the best thought. We, I don't think we'd be as successful as we are now. Um, so yeah, just trying to walk that line uh, still. Yeah, I love your little penguin character. It's so cute. And I, love you. <laughs> and I love how all your posts are just so cohesive and how you said you have that balance. Um, and so you also, with the podcast, have a connection to PBS. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a bit about that and how that whole thing came to be? So PBS has um, multi-platform initiatives. So we work with Peril and Promise, which is on climate change. And they have other ones like Chasing the Dream, which is poverty in America and Exploring Hate, which is on hate and extremism. So those all work with outside content creators. Um, so they'll partner like internally with other broadcast shows like PBS NewsHour, like stuff like that. And they'll also partner with like outside folks like us and distribute um, and partially fund the content, which is great. Um, so Ethan interned with them in the summer of 2019, I want to say. Um, and he had a really great experience. Um, like he got along really well with everyone. It was a really great fit. And then he reached out with to um, his former boss at PBS or yeah, his former boss at PBS. It's um, for an affiliate station called WNET, which is like New York, Connecticut area. Um, so he reached out a year ago, January, 2021. So we'd been doing Sweaty Penguin for 
almost a year, like eight months, nine months. Um, and he was like, you know, you need, you need content. We need money. Like <laughs> let's try and work something out. Um, and we launched our partnership in April. It started as just a four episode um, contract, but it's kind of, um, they keep signing us on for more and more stuff, which is amazing. Um, and it's allowed us to cover like a fair amount of costs, like paying everybody. We bought a microphone when we first got it, which was great. Um, <laughs> and we also have our episodes on pbs.org, which is so cool too. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's so great that you have that opportunity to get your podcast funded and get that visibility factor from that. And, you know, I was looking at their Instagram as well, the Peril and, Pro and Promise page. So that's great that you get that um, exposure on a verified account. So that's just amazing for you guys. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I can't believe that, you know, there's so many opportunities like that. Now I think people are taking podcasting more seriously in their content libraries. So I love how you guys took that initiative to kind of reach out to them and say, Hey, you need the content, like you said, and you know, we need the funding. So that's an mm -hmm. amazing partnership that you have. Yeah. And I think it really speaks to how important connections are too. Um, because if Ethan hadn't interned with them, they probably he wouldn't have known how it all works and that they do, you know, partially fund content. And if Ethan emailed them and he was just a random dude, like we probably wouldn't <laughs> have gotten it. Um, just because, you know, they don't know if Ethan's, you know, good at what he does. And, you know, with the internship experience, they know that they can trust him. So we got, we got really lucky for that too. Yeah. I love how you just mentioned the connection factor as well, because that goes back to the student journalism factor as well, how you were talking about, you know, connecting with people in your newsroom. Because I feel like on LinkedIn, I always see, you know, alumni from my school or even other schools connecting saying like, hey, I was involved in this organization and I have this internship or I have this job. So those are really important to keep in touch with as well, or even an opportunity like your PBS connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so important for, I think, every communications major, if not every major, just to get yes. part of it all. Yeah. And so speaking more on the producing side of the podcast, so both you and I can, you know, say all the, all the elements of podcast producing and how much, how time consuming it is. So what advice do you have for a student or even a young professional or a recent grad that wants to get into your position with a podcast and work on that producing side? Mm -hmm. um, I guess it would be to team up with people that you trust and to not be afraid to ask them for help about like, about anything. <laughs> um, and to not be afraid to like throw out, you know, what you think might be a stupid idea. So with teaming up with people you trust, I think that means like starting with people who you trust, like, like Ethan and I did, or hiring people down the road who you think, you know, would do a good job. Um, I was just talking to one of our producers about this, our other producers about this. And she was like, we have a lot of fun, but we also get everything done on time. And like, I think <laughs> because it is, it is really hands-on, like you said. I think it's really important to have good relationships with people and just keep those communication lines open like at all times. And that communication and organization is why we've been so successful. Like our Facebook chat, like I'm always just saying stuff <laughs> like, like sending graphics at a time, like, do you guys like this? Like, should I change that? Um, and that makes me feel more confident in the content that I'm putting out. Um, and I just think it's important to, you know, have a really 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 open dialogue with your team yeah I think that that um you know factor of being open and you know there's so many responsibilities for listeners if you've never been involved in podcasting there's like so many parts that go into it that you don't think of when you first start you know there's the social media and the finding the guests and 
reaching out and keeping track of that whole thing and recording the episodes, editing the episodes. So there definitely has to be that, you know, camaraderie. And I'm happy that you mentioned that communications factor as well. And, you know, even from, you know, the role of booking those guests, I mean, it's a big part of being open with them, you know, knowing your limits, because I definitely, I mean, on my side with the queen of calm, I'm a one woman operation. So, you know, yeah. I do everything myself, which sometimes can get overwhelming, but I think it's just being open with, you know, your guests that, you know, maybe can we push this to next week or, you know, having these good retor- rec- recording times um, and everything. But yeah, I love how you mentioned it's a collaborative process because I think that's a great part of podcasting is, you know, finding these new guests or people who can, you can lean on for support. Um, and it's also so cool. Like you mentioned with that, uh, PBS connection and you know talking with people about the sweaty penguin of finding people who really like your cause and what you're podcasting about and kind of get their support and advice as well Mm -hmm. yeah and like what you said with the guests um like trying to pick out like a good recording time and not trying to like push your limits if you have stuff going on I think for people who are first starting in podcast producing like most guests that you reach out to will respond to you like nicely and if they want to come on or not and I think that was a big fear when we first started like of the worst case scenario of them being like this is a stupid podcast like I never want to be on this blah 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 (laughs) but you know that just doesn't happen like people will want to be on your podcast like you know like I wanted to be on I jumped at the opportunity to be on (laughs) um but yeah I think you will find people that are interested in, in what you're doing which like maybe when you're first starting and it's really small might seem kind of like impossible but it it happens like when you start (laughs) doing good work yes definitely listeners take that leap and ask people to be on the podcast so many times I've been surprised at like people who I've you know reached out to and said yes or even you know even getting a connection on LinkedIn and having them you know find organically I've been so surprised at how many times you know a podcast can be sent out and you know seeing people listen to your episode and give you feedback and something to kind of as a tip for like podcasters in general. So um, there's this thing in the PR slash journalism world called Harrow help a reporter out. And um, I recently put the queen of calm podcast on there just as an experiment, because I'm always wondering in my job at a PR agency, you know, when we look at these Harrow's and we send these pitches in, you know, are they actually getting our pitches or are they looking at our pitches? So as an experiment, I decided to, uh, send in the Queen of Calm podcast for like a guest request. And I got almost 90 guest requests just from that Harrow request. So I think that's such a great way to use those free tools that they have out there, whether it's, you know, Harrow or Quoted or different platforms that they have now, even Twitter saying like, I'm looking for podcast guests. I think that's a great way to get people organically as well. Whoa, I've never heard of Harrow. I think this is about to just change the whole game of Sweaty Penguin right now because we've just been emailing random people. That sounds so great. <laughs> can't believe that exists awesome yes you definitely have to check it out it's through scission which is like a a pr tool and um a lot of journalists use it from like big publications for like uh print stories or like written stories but i've noticed a few podcasting um you know podcasters on there recently so i'm like why not let's just do let's just do an experiment because for my job i send in a lot of those heroes for our clients and i always Mm -hmm. never get a response back or i get like one or two from the journalists that I reach out to or the podcasters. So I'm always wondering like what really happens behind the scenes. And now that I can see it, I have a lot more respect for the people putting out these heroes because it's a lot to go through sometimes. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So I want to talk more about college life in general, because I know 
right now it's such a tough time for college students to be going through the pandemic and everything. Me, myself as a recent graduate of 2021, I know the same feeling of these, you know, COVID restrictions, what's going on. Um, so what advice would you go back and tell your freshman year self? Because I feel like it's such an overwhelming time for someone to be starting college and kind of trying to get that full experience with everything going on. Yeah. Well, first of all, congrats on graduating. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> um, um, I think hmm, I think it's so hard with COVID now. Obviously, that cannot be stated enough. That's not like a hot take. But like, <laughs> so hard. But I think to just remember that everyone is trying to figure it out. Like, you are not the only person that doesn't know what you're doing and like doesn't know what's going to happen. So I think just kind of trying to take that all in stride is really good and just to kind of try and have a good attitude about everything um, and just to still try and put yourself out there like despite everything because you know I couldn't imagine starting college right now. Um, yeah I just can't I can't imagine that but people are still doing it and that's so great um, and it just really shows like the resilience that this particular class has. So, yeah. 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 I totally agree with you. I, I mean, just even going back to like we were saying, getting involved in everything, I think the saving grace of, you know, college students or particularly college freshmen are these clubs and organizations that you can get involved in. Cause it's kind of like, you know, instant friends, you can make that enjoy the same things you do or want to get involved in the same things on campus that you do as well. And, you know, even with these COVID restrictions kind of opening up, which maybe not because of the Omicron, but we'll see. Um, there could be more opportunities for that connection and, you know, building those relationships. And, you know, something I'd say too to freshmen is just like you said, you know, you don't have to know everything right away. And I feel like I was so petrified as a freshman, like, oh my God, like, is everyone, you know, evolving more than me? Or are they getting involved in more internships? I remember when I was a freshman and someone mentioned internships for the first time and I was like, oh my God, like, am I behind the eight ball? Like, should I start getting going? But everything's at your own pace. Like, don't worry about it internships come and go you'll get them as you progress it's more important as a junior or senior but yeah there's there are just so many opportunities to get involved in different things and make friends and you know just to be yourself as well I mean I feel like a lot of people when they're freshmen they kind of hold back on their personality to kind of fit in but just be yourself you'll find your your crowd in college and it will all work out yeah I think also in communications especially journalism um, I think it's really hard not to compare yourself to your classmates because your classmates are, some of your classmates are going to be really good and like already know what they're doing, already had an internship, like blah, blah, blah. But I think it's important to see your classmates not as competitors, more as like people that you can learn from. Because I think learning from fellow students has been more, not more rewarding, but it has definitely been more impactful than learning from professors because professors that seems like far off they're like 45 <laughs> in tenure like whatever but you know when you're a freshman and the senior is kind of telling you what to do giving you some tips on how to handle a project stuff like that that just means so much yeah I love that you mentioned that because you know you were saying this before too that many of those um, you know students that study communications or your certain you know concentration will be in the same classes as you I feel like that same group of people who were in all my classes all four years we kind of became a tribe like in the same classes and working on the same things and going to the same clubs. And I love how you mentioned not to have that competitive factor because like you said, it is easy to have that in communications. I mean, I felt, you know, 
like, oh my God, so many times, like, am I not doing things right? Am I not progressing right? Because even like being close to a bigger city like Boston or New York and having those opportunities is so different from people around the country, like over the summer looking for an internship. So, and especially with LinkedIn, you know, we've all seen the I'm happy to announce posts, you know, that are sometimes threatening, (laughs) that are sometimes threatening to see. So it's all about not being uh, intimidated by your classmates and Um, going back to that newspaper factor as well. I mean, that is such a great way to have your finger on the pulse of everything. I feel like I met so many more students in different majors that weren't communication, someone working on something in the science department or a professor doing this or someone doing something in the community outside of school. I feel like that's another way to build those connections and really, you know, go out and to your campus and find more opportunities there and people who you can interview. I mean, um, I did also did like an internship with my school where I worked in the communications office, but kind of with the journalism aspect, I talked to a lot of students and professors who had like big things going on and wrote feature stories on them for our website. So through that too, I learned like a lot that's going on. I mean, the normal person wouldn't know without reading the newspaper or looking on the website, you know, what's going on on your campus. So definitely getting involved in those opportunities to, you know, interview your peers can be really exciting. Mm-hmm. yeah that's super true like I think if I wasn't part of the paper I wouldn't know what's going on at school <laughs> at all um like one of the first stories that I wrote for the paper was um like the dental school got like a new interim <laughs> president and I was like I would have no idea that this was happening if I wasn't interviewing this <laughs> this gentleman um so yeah it's just funny what you find out about the school and like other clubs from working on the paper which is a really great thing too because you can tell your friends be like hey this is like the poker club one of big tournaments <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that um so yeah that's a really fun aspect of it too yeah you'll always have the tea yeah exactly <laughs> love having the tea that's why I'm a journalism major I think just because I'm so nosy probably yeah I I love that aspect too of like always being informed and even for PR students who are thinking of because I know that PR at, at least at my college and I'm sure it is it a lot of other colleges, um, it was very much mixed with another concentration, whether it was advertising or maybe even marketing. But I combined PR and journalism for my major. And I feel like that was so useful because something too, kind of with that student newspaper aspect and getting that experience as a student journalist is, you know, figuring out that connection between a PR professional and journalists because they can be just as valuable to each other. I mean, there's so much back and forth of you know, make building that relationship and, you know, getting those opportunities. So I feel like that's an important part as well. And even to know what's going on, you know, um, kind of in that big journalism world, you know, a lot of PR professionals send out those press releases of things happening in your city or things happening with people that you want to interview. So I think that's important to build that connection as well. And kind of for PR students and journalism, journalism students to kind of walk that line and get that experience. Yeah, because like you're not always going to get the opportunity to talk to to the mayor, but there's always going to be a nice PR person on the phone that you can talk to. So I think it's really important to like have like know what what they're dealing with, too, for their job, like what they can what they're going to say, what they're not going to say, stuff like that. Um, And just building connections with those people, like when you get on first name basis with a PR person, like you've made it, I think. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So Shannon, I have one final question for you. So the background of this is that I am a big fan of Sophia Amoruso. I'm not sure if you ever heard of her, Uh, but she kind of coined the phrase girl boss. And so it's just something I like to do on the podcast because I'm all about, oh my God, I love the girl boss workbook. (laughs) Me too. I love it. 
Um, I think I bought it when it first came out and some of the things weren't as relevant, but now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm feeling it out going back. Um, she's like my dream guest on the podcast. Love her. She's so inspirational. And I'm so sad that the Netflix show did not get picked up for a season two. Oh, I haven't seen that. I oh my it. God. You have to check it out. It's, it's amazing. Um, but so I, I put this question like after her, I was very inspired by her. So Shannon, who is your favorite girl boss or even just a woman who inspires you? Okay, so I have I have two. I thought about I love for that. a while. Um, so first famous, like very famous girl boss, I would say Lindsay Adario. She's um, a photojournalist. She's a war correspondent. Like she goes to countries that are currently in conflict, but she does um, different angles that aren't necessarily like all war. So she did this really great story on women in the Middle East who survived acid attacks. That was probably like one of her famous, most famous ones. Um, she's amazing. And she um also has like a husband and a son and it's just like you really can have it all apparently like <laughs> Lindsay Dario does um and then my other favorite girl boss is Carol Rivers she's a professor at BU she's in her 80s and she's teaching <laughs> and she's smart and so just funny as ever like um she was a New York Times bestseller in like 1987 I think I have her book virgins go check it out it's about girls that go to a catholic school and her tone is just <laughs> exactly the same and she has a little chihuahua named guy and she is just she's goals she has goals I say this in every single one of my episodes but I love this question because I always find out about these women who I've never heard of and definitely going to a catholic school I'll have to check out that book I've I went to catholic so school my funny, whole life yeah. so <laughs> I'll have to check that out and also about that photojournalist that's really interesting as well and um, that's such an interesting topic like we talked about before that photojournalist's journey because I feel like there's so many cool stories that they can tell from their experiences. Yeah and there aren't a lot of women photojournalists as well um, especially war correspondents that are going into you know areas of conflict like she's she writes in her book she has like two memoirs now but in her first memoir she was talking about like all of the crazy stuff that she had to go through as a woman and she there's just so much like every chapter it's like another thing another thing another <laughs> thing and it's like she just is she is such an inspiration she just perseveres no matter what and she's great that that's amazing well Shannon thank you so much for coming on the show and can you tell listeners where they can listen to the sweaty penguin podcast so you can listen to the sweaty penguin anywhere you get your podcasts um, so Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, all that good stuff, the Sweaty Penguin podcast, it'll pop up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Shannon. And I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. I had so much fun. It was great. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.